This episode of Imagination Skyway is sponsored by KMV Travel, a boutique travel agency that helps families plan personalized vacations and create unforgettable memories on land and at sea. Not only does KMV Travel specialize in Disney destinations, they also provide travel guidance for most major cruise lines and family theme parks, which means they're your ideal partner whether you're looking to plan that perfect Disney vacation or seeking guidance on venturing somewhere new. Offering assistance with booking accommodations, tickets, dining experiences, ground transportation, stroller rentals, you name it. Like many in the industry, their services are 100% complimentary to guests, but where this team really stands out is their unmatched service from start to finish. From hello to see you real soon, KMV Travel provides the resources and support you need to have a stress-free vacation filled with magic, memories, and more. Listeners of the show can learn more and start planning your next vacation by visiting kmvtravel.com skyway. Welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and today's episode is part two of our two-part discussion all about Disney Cruise Line. In part one, we discussed the planning stages of a Disney Cruise Line vacation, including how to start planning, what to pack, and some important considerations before you book your first cruise. If you didn't listen to this episode, I do strongly encourage you to download that conversation on your favorite podcast app so you can learn a bit more about what we recommend. This episode, part two, is dedicated to discussing the cruise experience itself, including your arrival day, dining, entertainment, excursions, activities, traveling with kids, experiences just for adults, and some concluding thoughts about why you should consider a Disney Cruise Line vacation. If you're on the fence about whether or not to sail with Disney, I hope this convinces you to take the trip. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this topic with others, and how you can help support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your Grand Circle Tour aboard Imagination Skyway. Now I think we've exhausted everything, but I did want to, it all of a sudden the passport just popped in my head is that we need to make sure to talk about this. Um, yes. So now we've gotten to the port. What does the arrival process look like getting on the ship that day? And the beginning, it, I'd say, of like you get getting onto the ship and then the initial events and happenings once you do get onto the ship. Yeah. So for Port Canaveral um, or anywhere that Disney has their own um, terminal, so Port Canaveral, Fort Lauderdale now, um, this is probably going to be, this will be the way that it runs. If you go to uh, maybe Galveston or you go out of New York's terminal, this may be a little bit different for how they manage it just because they don't have their own terminal set up. Um, I've done it both ways and all the time Disney handles it really well. It's just something to be aware of when we talk about it. So um, for a terminal, 
terminal where Disney has their own terminal, um, you'll likely, if you're on the bus, you're basically going to get dropped off at the front. Um, and once it's your arrival time, um, you'll be able to go in and you'll stand in a line to show your passport and show your check-in uh, paperwork. So um, that 30 days or a little bit earlier than that, depending if you're a castaway member, um, like I mentioned, you'll do that online check-in. At that time, you're going to get a form that has a QR code on it. Uh, you can show it on your phone, you can print it out and bring it, um, but that's gonna be like your check-in key basically that you're going to use. So you'll have that along with your passport and you'll show that to them. Um, they'll confirm that everything looks okay. And then you'll be able to go through security. So you will go through um, a security area, kind of like when, you know, we're going through TSA. Um, that is where if you do have luggage that's larger, you do need to drop that luggage off prior to going through this point. So if you didn't come on the bus, if you drove in, um, there'll be porters there at the um, drop-off area where you can give your luggage to them and they'll take get on um, to they'll give it to Disney for you um, and then you'll go through that security they'll call your number to uh, your boarding number and then you'll go ahead and get on the ship so while that's all kind of happening your luggage is being brought onto the ship for you and placed in front of your stateroom staterooms aren't going to open until around two o'clock um, so during that time you might be thinking what am I going to do now there is everything else is open so um, you can go grab food at cabanas or Marsley market those are the buffet locations on the ships um, you can hit the pool if you want to um, I always recommend to pack kind of like an embarkation day bag so have those medications in there anything that if you lost you could not replace um, and then put in you know your pool necessities so your swimsuit things like that that you might need um, and a change of clothes if you want that um, but then your bags and your state will be at your state room um, before five o'clock usually they say which is great that's not that long at all especially considering generally you're, it's not that much longer after you might be getting onto the ship as well um you talked about just now, or you mentioned dining, um, and this prompted another question. So you mentioned at the beginning, we're bouncing around different subjects, but then we're, we're diving into them. So this one has to do with what's included and what isn't included. So you get onto the mm -hmm. ship and you hear a lot about a lot of Disney cruises, a lot of cruises, sorry, even beyond Disney cruises, that they are all-inclusive, everything's included. It's not 100% true. There are, you probably could go and not spend anything else on the ship unless you're going to buy all that awesome merchandise. But if, uh, you know, what, it, other than the merchandise, that's the obvious thing, what is included on a Disney cruise? And then what are some of the extras or things that people might not be thinking about that are going to be additional charges on the ship? Yeah, that's a really great, great question and something to make sure you know before you do book. Um, Disney is nice. A lot of the things that you're going to um, need are going to be included. So your main dining, um, which is going to be your three dining locations for dinner, will be included. That's no additional cost. Um, room service is included, which is nice. That's a bit different so cool. from other cruise lines. Yeah, a that is very different I from a hotel. It's like the yes. most expensive option at a hotel. 
Yeah, that is one of my husband and I favorite thing to do is to <laughs> order room service and watch a Disney movie. I know. I mean, that's I guess we're just getting old, but um, it's great. You got to take advantage of it. So that's included. Um, like I said before, the soft drinks, hot tea and coffee will also be included. Um, all of your entertainment, all your activities um, on the ship. There are some activities that you will pay more for, but those are going to be like the specialty activities. So if you want to do the Bippity Boppity Boutique for your child. That will be an additional cost. Um, alcohol is not included. Um, there is not a drink package on Disney Cruise Line. So that's something a little bit different than other cruise lines. Um, but you do have, you know, your key to the, your key that you'll have, um, or your, your Disney, uh, band that you can use too. Um, and that's, you'll just tap that or, you know, give them your, um, key and it will go onto your charges for the day. Um, Additional is specialty dining. So it, there's different specialty dining locations on different ships. Um, these are going to be adult only locations. So Palo is on every ship. Um, it's a steakhouse, a, more like Italian food kind of um, theming there. Um, and then there's also Ashante, which is on the Wish. Um, Remy, which is going to be on um, the Dream and Fantasy, I believe, too. Um, so those are going to be additional costs. And if you're interested in anything that's an additional cost, that's you know, something like an activity or dining, you can likely, you know, know that you're going to have to make a reservation for that in advance. So at that time when your excursions open, you'll also be making those reservations for that too. Yeah. And I could say that the cost of those is not quite the full price you would think of from what I've seen. So you're, it's mm -hmm. more like an upgrade charge as opposed to a full, you're not gonna be paying for the full meal. It's not, it's like, it's almost as if part of it is included and you're just paying for that upgrade um, to that premium yes. dining experience, which is something worth noting. And then what about gratuity? So gratuity, you can prepay for, um, or you can decide that you want to do that um, when you get onto the ship, but it won't be included in that base cruise fare for you. So all your taxes and port fees are included, but gratuity would be separate. Um, I recommend doing the prepaid gratuities just so you don't have to think about it at the end of the trip. Um, and you can always, you know, give a little extra. I know that's what we do sometimes when cast members go above and beyond um, on our, you know, serving team or whatever it may be. Um, we'll just make sure that we have some cash with us that we can give them too. Right. And that's, I, I thought that was very cool that you could sort of prepay gratuity as well. When I was, yeah. again, I have a lot of research from Joanna going through this process. So it's, it was interesting to see some of the differences from a Disney cruise line vacation. Um, and then of course, excursions and things like that off the ship are also going to be extra. So, um, and we didn't talk about this, but about how far in advance should you book those excursion experiences or how far can you for those off ship experiences yeah. with Disney cruise or you know, not with Disney Cruise. Yeah, that's a good question. So excursions and um, any of those onboard activities are going to be 90 days in advance for first-time cruisers. And then if you're a Castaway Club member, you'll have additional um, time to book that. So it could be, you know, you're booking it at... 100 days out or whatever it may be. Basically, you just get a little bit of extra time to get those bookings. Um, and if you are going to do excursions on your own, I would just recommend that you are very, very careful about obviously who you're booking with, but then that they're aware of the time that the ship is leaving. Um, the nice thing about doing a Disney excursion is if for some reason your excursion gets held up and you can't get back to the ship in time uh, for that disembarkation, um, or I'm sorry, that when they're leaving, um, they will make sure that you get 
to your next port. So that may be that they're, you know, flying you to that next port, but they will make sure that they get you there. If you're on your own excursion and you do not get back on the ship, you don't get on the ship. And that's kind of it. You have to figure out your own way from there. So again, as a nervous person, I would only I go through Disney. Everyone yeah. do, yes, <laughs> <It'd be the laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes so much more sense. There have yes. been a few questions come up. We are talking about dining. So I promise we'll actually just ask about this now. I did write it down, but let's surface this up because it's been coming up a few times and it is really important. This came from folks like Holiday with Hannah B and Robin Allison are all asking about folks with um, or pastors with food sensitivities or allergies and how Disney accommodates that on Disney Cruise Line. And I would also ask when in the process is that something that you can indicate ahead of time is that something that you should mention when you go to each location if it's a buffet style um location or sort of grab and go how does disney mark that like what are some of the things that someone with a food sensitivity or intolerance or restriction or allergy should be thinking about in the planning process and in the ship experience yeah. So I've dealt with this, not firsthand, but my sister has celiac, so she cannot have gluten. She can't have cross-contamination, anything like that. Um, so we have to be very, very careful with it. Um, the Disney Cruise Line is one of the places other than other Disney destinations where she feels very comfortable going um, because of the way that they deal with it. So basically, when you booked, once you've booked your cruise, um, you're able to go on to your navigator app or on the Disney Cruise Line website, sign into your account um, and there will be an area where you can notate any um, allergies special dining requests anything like that that you need to do um, so we'll always do that for my clients i always make sure that i do call in too just to make sure that it is noted on there um, because again nervous traveler i just want to make sure that that's not something that people need to worry about um, and you can always confirm that that's correct because when you get onto the ship and your um serving team comes to you the first night they should make sure that they've confirmed that with you who is going to have that allergy um it will be noted on your reservation but just confirm it with it i know i always do um to make sure that we have that set um so that's for main dining or if you go to palo or you go to ashante remy's that will follow you throughout so you shouldn't have to worry about that they should provide you um with a menu that has uh, whatever those uh, allowable meals would be for you. Um, if you go to a buffet or um, you go to any of those quick service locations that are on the pool deck, um, you'll just need to let them know that you have an allergy and they'll send a manager out. Um, and the manager will walk through with you. They'll have a notepad um, that allows them to mark down what is uh, gluten-free or dairy-free. Um, and then they'll go back with that and um, they'll uh, have that prepared separately. So it's not prepared with uh, everyone else's food and then they'll bring it out to you so that they, you know that there's no cross-contamination there. Um, so it's a really nice way to do it. Same thing with room service. If you call in, just they should be on your um, reservation, but just notate that you have that allergy or whatever it is that you need to have um, the accommodation for. Yeah, that's really one of the things that's wonderful about Disney. I know folks with sensitivities, allergies, and they never are worried about going to Disney. And I know some people on the extreme ends of this too, they always feel so comfortable going to Disney because of how prepared they are for this. And it's great that whether it's through the pre-arrival process or being on the ship that everybody's prepared 
And uh, it's just goes to show how Disney is always accommodating to anyone, you know, depending on what your dietary needs are. So let's tap into rotational dining. We talked about this briefly in the beginning, that this was something that Disney made popular. And uh, I know other cruises have sort of followed suit with this, but this was really a, I don't know for sure if like Disney Cruise was the first cruise to ever do this, but they were the ones that really made this popular. And it's a unique way of thinking about dining and it incorporates yeah, Mike from 8020 Records, Mike, my cousin, because um, he's he's the one I'm thinking of. He's got a lot of <laughs> a lot of allergies and sensitivities. Um, so, hey, Mike, the uh, rotational dining is you rotate dining and entertainment with those wonderful Broadway style shows. So how does that work? And is it pre-assigned? Can you pick like what dining time you prefer? How does that all work? So you're going to have two different options when you book your uh, cruise and you should have two different options, but I will say that there's, um, there's our main dining that's going to be 545 and then there's your second seating, which is 815. Main dining is always the first one to go um, because it's kind of more the traditional time of dinner. Um, if you have families with young children, they're probably going to pick that uh, main dining. So when I say there should be, you could go to book your cruise if you're booking it a little bit later on and there's only that second seating that's available. If that does happen for some reason and you really want that main, that main dining, there is a wait list that you can get put on. Same thing. You can do that through the app or through the website um, or just reach out to your travel advisor and they can do that for you. Um, with those different dining times, uh, once you've had that selected, like you said, Matt, it's kind of going to be opposite of when your entertainment is. Um, so each night you're going to be in a different uh, dining location. So there's three different main dining rooms on each of the Disney Cruise Line ships. Um, so you'll start in one and then you'll go to the next one, the next one, you know, and you'll rotate. So if you're in a seven night cruise, you'll do them two times and one of them you'll do three times. Um, so you kind of move around in that way. Uh, your servers will move with, with you, which is so nice. So if you are someone who has an allergy, I think this is one of the best parts of this is you have the same waiter. So you don't need to explain to somebody, you know, four nights in a row what this allergy is or, or things like that. Um, these waiters become like such a huge part of your experience and they know, you know, you'll, you'll come your second night and it, they'll have your ginger ale waiting there for you. And they always knew every single night that I wanted my tea after. Um, so it's just, they are truly part of that experience in such a special way. Um, and these people become your friends, I swear. I mean, I can't even explain how many of them we know, you know, and we still talk about and request when we go on cruises. Um, but after your dinner or before your dinner, depending on what time you have, you'll go to that entertainment. And it's kind of nice because it's a very like, I don't know, community driven way that they do this because everybody kind of comes together at that point of the cruise. So you've kind of, you don't feel isolated if you're cruising alone or anything like that, because you're all kind of together at that point, you all have that dining and then you go to the entertainment or vice versa. I'm smiling. We are talking about the servers because that reminded me that Joanna and Maggie had that experience with one of their servers, Rocky on the Disney fantasy who drew a picture for Maggie um, on, I don't know what day it was, but it was a, it was a seven night. So they got to know Rocky very well. And by the last day, apparently 
Maggie was asking Rocky directly his name for ice cream. Um, so she knew that Rocky was had the ability to bring ice cream to the table and by the last night oh would be gosh. saying saying like Rocky ice cream. <laughs> so he'd bring that over. She's a year and a half old at the time. So uh she really she got the routine down and knew that that was that was the person who could bring her what she wanted so um she was hustling yeah exactly um but they they really went above and beyond with her so it was it was great um the other thing i'll mention about dining is you mentioned remy's joanna mentions to me that she adored Remy's that it was some of the best food she's ever had and I think I've heard about a lot of Disney Cruise dining experiences that premium add-on that upgrade to some of those reserved places that are typically adult only that was a time that Maggie was in the um uh wasn't the it was the kids club um so Mm -hmm. It, you know that that was that was one of those experiences, but she said the food was just incredible. Um, do you have a favorite restaurant on one of the ships? Oh, I loved uh, Remy's and I loved Ashante on uh, wow. the Wish. They just I would we did the they're, they're prefixed menus. Um, you can do a la carte, but I would recommend doing the prefixed um, on Ashante. They kind of there's an option where it's just basically the chef selects it, um, and they'll bring out these different courses to you. Um, and you can do a wine pairing with the sommelier comes out to your table, and we'll show you it's this whole experience. Um, and I have to say, going to Ashante with my sister, who like I said has to eat gluten free. Um, she says it's the hands down best experience she has ever had for dining because there was nothing where usually it's like, okay, you're going to get a salad because you're gluten free, yeah. whatever it may be. <laughs> and when, you know, when we looked at our plates, they were able to create it in a way where even though hers was gluten free, it, she wasn't missing out on any of the aspects of it. So it was just a very um, special moment when you're traveling with someone who does have to be so aware of that. And, you know, they miss out on different things because of it. Um, so I agree. I would highly recommend doing those additional experiences yeah definitely worth thinking about the broadway style shows how are those i know they're amazing but do you have any favorites um or things that people should be aware of when it comes to the shows Yep. So I will say I, like you, Matt, am from the Northeast. So I was very, very lucky to get to go see Broadway shows. Um, And I probably have, you know, a little bit of snobbery about theater because I was in the arts. And so, you know, I I have high expectations. And these shows absolutely exceed them. Um, I would recommend make sure that you make the time to go to the shows. Um, Like I said, they will be um, done two times each uh, each night. Um, If you're on a seven night cruise, there's going to be other entertainment that's kind of mixed in. Same if you're on a four night cruise. So there'll be three different shows um, that are kind of the main stage shows uh, on each of the cruises. But take advantage of these go make sure that you um, get there about like, you know, 10 minutes early to get a seat. If you do want a specific seat, like you want to be, you know, the fourth row back in the middle, um, make sure you get there a little bit earlier. Um, But the shows are great. They're very family friendly, but I'll say going as, uh, you know, my husband and I go by ourselves. We don't have children. Um, We really enjoy it. My husband really enjoys it. Um, And the Beauty and the Beast show on The Dream was probably one of the best shows that I have ever seen. That's just exceptional talent that is on the cruise lines. Wow. That's amazing. Um, 
yeah, I, again, I heard incredible things about the shows, so uh, I'm not surprised. Characters, we talked about that earlier. I know there are characters on the ship, so how how does that happen? Where can you meet the characters? Um, I know Castaway Key, there are sometimes some characters that you can meet there as well, but on the ship, are there specific times that the characters come out? Are there... How does it work when it comes to meeting the characters? Um, I know it's a little more Disneyland-esque than Walt Disney World, where it's not a you're not queuing up in a, a formal queue space like Walt Disney World. But talk to me a little bit about the characters on the ships. So there's going to be on when you get onto the cruise ship, you, you'll have the the cruise navigator app um, from the time that you book your your cruise, and it's going to look a little different once you get onto the cruise ship. Um, so you'll see that you'll have a um, series of different events for each day. Um, some of those events on there are going to be characters, so there'll be planned character meet and greets where you'll see, you know, Pluto is going to be in the atrium at this time. Um, so you'll see people will go there. There will be lines for them, um, but they're not going to be you know, exceptionally long lines. Um, usually before dining times, they'll be out in the atrium. So you'll have characters there that you can go see, but then you will see, like you're saying, you know, the Disneyland type of way where they're just kind of there at some point, you'll just see Goofy walking around the pool deck um, and you can just kind of go up and get a picture. Um, none of this is, you know, needed, you don't need a reservation for any of this or anything like that. The one um, character experience that you do need a reservation for is the uh, princess gathering. So this is going to be a gathering of four different princesses that takes place in the atrium. Um, and there's no cost for this, but they require reservations just to kind of manage the crowds. Um, so 30 days out. So that's going to be for our first time cruisers when you're doing your um, onboard, uh, your online check-in. That's also when this um, reservation will open. So you can go on and grab a reservation. Like I said, there's no cost you know associated with it or anything like that that's just something else that you can do yeah i maggie of course had a wonderful time with the characters i've got lots of videos i know you've all seen on social media here plenty of videos of maggie meeting characters it was a very similar experience and in some ways even more magical on disney cruise line captain mickey walked her around the ship at one point um she just really had such an amazing time meeting the characters there and that also prompted a question that I didn't think about until just now. There are parties on the ship too, and the characters make appearances at those parties. I know there's a sail away party, which seems like it's just like so much fun and pirate nights and all kinds of special events. So what can guests expect on the, at those parties, at those experiences? Yeah, so I do want to say a member of the uh, Kay Connors, uh, Adele, I'm going to say it incorrectly, she made a That's really Christina. good point to... Oh, yeah. Christina. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, Christina made a really good point to make sure that you get that reservation for the Royal um, Princess Gathering before you do your online check-in. I would say if your online check-in is very important that you get the first arrival time, then maybe you decide to do that online check-in first, but totally agree with her. Make sure you go ahead and grab that reservation first if that's important to you because it will go fast. Um, if you're not able to get a time, when you do get onto the ship, go to guest services and there is a wait list that you can join. So that's just going back off of that. But um, sail away parties, um, there's there's the sail away party and then sometimes there's some other parties throughout. There's a pirate night on some of the cruises. Um, so you can uh, go there and you'll see some of the characters. It's going to be on the deck. Um, the, there's also nights where they do fireworks at sea, which Disney is the first to do fireworks at sea. And they're actually, uh, the fireworks become fish food, um, which 
which I thought that that was a joke when I first heard it, but it's not, it's actually real. So, so cool. um, they make it see, yeah, they make it safe for the sea. Um, so those are other ways that you can see the characters. There's also going to be some of the dining experiences where characters are part of it. So Arendelle, um, on the wish, there'll be a, you know, the whole kind of dining experience has Olaf that comes out or, um, Elsa and Anna and Kristoff, um, on the magic you have, um, tangled. So there's going to be, um, Rapunzel's royal uh, dining experience. So you're able to see her. Um, Tiana on The Wonder. There's all different ones like this. Um, so there's lots of experience to see characters. And that's when I say, if someone's not really into Disney, maybe those are the dining experiences that I would say, you know, grab something on the pool deck or grab room service or something that night. Good advice. And then other than those, other than the dining, the Broadway style shows, the characters, what other activities can people enjoy on the ship talk a little bit about the kids club i think that part is obvious i've seen what the kids club looks like i know the first day you can as an adult as a parent go and um tour those but then afterwards no parents allowed um so it's just for the kids to enjoy what other activities can families kids or adults only um enjoy on a disney cruise yeah. So what's nice with Disney Cruise is a lot of this is going to be included in the cost of your cruise. So the kids clubs are all included in the cost of your cruise other than the nursery. So um, for our, yeah. the younger the nursery kids, was extra for yeah, there's an, Maggie. yeah, but pretty nominal fee, right, Matt? It's not a, a it was not fee. that at all. No. Yeah. I don't remember so the exact something... amount, but it was, it was cheaper than daycare. I'll put it to you that way. Yes, <laughs> it was not, yes, definitely. it was, it yeah. was pretty, uh, pretty affordable, pretty, uh, pretty on the low end, pretty much on the low end, especially for what you're getting with the Disney cast member service. It was, it was not a problem at all. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Christina um, says nine an hour. Thank you, Christina. Nine dollars an there hour. There we go. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I thought it was 10 hour, $10 an hour, but yes, nine sounds correct. Um, so that's all included. Um, and then these activities that are, you know, throughout the day. So you have your characters, um, like I said, the meet and greets, but then you also have um, trivia, which is one of my favorite things on a cruise ship. Um, there's bingo. Bingo will be an additional cost because you're buying into play bingo. Um, but majority of them are going to be, uh, you know, know just free included in the, in the cost of your cruise um there's tours of the cruise that you can do there's um one of my favorite things is funnel vision so the pool area uh there's always going to be a disney movie that's playing on this big huge screen where you can be in the pool and watch disney movies um, there's sports activities, um, on some of the cruise, uh, ships. So on the dream class of so the dream and the fantasy, there's a mini golf area where you can just go up and play mini golf. There's some sports simulators, um, there's fitness centers, um, there's just a ton that you can do, but also for our adults, there are some additional um, paid activities that you can do, which we love doing these um, beverage tastings. So they'll go through and they'll do um, mojito making or a wine tasting, um, beer tasting, and it will be led by one of the members of the bar staff. Um, and they'll go through and they'll, you know, pick out maybe six or, you know, seven different um, types of a drink, show you how to make that drink, or they'll talk about the history of the drink. Um, we've had some of the best experiences with these cast members and uh, this experience um, that they've been able to share because you just get to know these cast members and how much you know they love what they're doing, that they're getting to share about this wine because you're talking to a sommelier who is sharing it. Um, so definitely check that out. When you go onto the Disney Cruise 
website or on that app, if you go to onboard activities, you'll be able to see what's listed there um, and make those reservations. Again, these are going to be the same as your excursions. It's 90 days out um, for first time cruisers and then a little bit longer um, out for any of the castaway club members. That is, um, there's so much that I know that goes that that you could do on a ship and like you said whether you're an adult or a kid or a family like there's so many things you could do together or adults only or kids only um and uh there are days that obviously the ship docks in port if you don't want to go to the port is there like can you stay on the ship and what what can those days be like if uh if you do stay on the ship while everybody else leaves for the day yeah, I bet you're going to tell me that Joanna took advantage Joanna of this. Joanna didn't leave and, the ship, except for Castaway Key. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I, she probably learned the same thing. It's the one of the best times to stay on the ship. If you just want yeah. to explore the ship, it becomes you know very quiet. Um, there's going to be less activities that are taking uh, place during the day um, in terms of like the held activities that the um, entertainment team might be having. So like the trivia or um, you know game show type things. Those will kind of start later on in the day, but. During the day, that's a great way to um, experience some of the areas that maybe get a little bit more crowded. So if you really want to check out the Aqua Mouse water slide, that's when to do it. Um, you want to hit the pool, maybe go to the spa, which is an additional cost, but you can do that. Um, go to the movie theater that they have on board. All of those things are still going to be available to you, as well as dining is still going to be available. So um, each day there will be a main dining location that will be open for breakfast and for lunch. So you can decide that you want to go to the buffet at Marsley Market or Cabana um, Cabanas to get your food, or you could say, I want to have a sit down lunch today. I'm going to go over to Lumiere's or whatever may be open that day um, for that dining. So all of that will still be available to you on those port days, even if you decide not to get off the ship. Yeah, Joanna had a great time on those days. It was very quiet. I know she said that certain things were closed, so she couldn't exactly do everything, but she definitely filled that time and the cruise ship was really quiet. And I think that there were some character interactions that she had during those um, you know, port days. And she just, Maggie had an amazing time and there were... I have videos of Maggie just like running around the the, the main part of the ship um, endlessly. So um, yes. Joanna did a lot of walking around the ship following Maggie, but she got her energy out. And Joanna said to me, she felt completely safe. There was nowhere for her to go. It was just sort of like running around the hallways of a hotel, just, yeah. just going crazy, having a great time looking out at the portholes and looking out at the port. So it, it was a really fun time um, when they were at port. But then of course, really enjoyable at sea when everybody was there and everyone was together and all enjoying those parties and activities and everything else that came with that. Um, we're talking a little bit about kids, a lot about kids. So one thing that I do want to ask is about age limits. And this obviously there's no cap, like there's no such thing as being too old to go on a Disney cruise, but is there a base where Disney says, you know, like, oh, you're one day old, so you shouldn't be drinking a one day old onto a Disney ship anyway, but, or any ship for that matter. But, you know, what is there a minimum age allowed on a Disney cruise? Yeah, so six, month old, six months old is going to be the cutoff. So you have to be that old in order to be on a cruise. Um, and then the other cutoff is going to be if you're pregnant, there is going to be a um, uh, kind of a maximum 
uh, weeks that you're able to be pregnant to be on a cruise, and that's just for safety. So I believe it's 24 weeks um, that they have that marked at. Um, so they will ask you that during your um, health pre-screening, um, and then you can just select that. And if you know that comes up, and you know something happens where you have a cruise planned, um, you can just reach out to your travel advisor or reach out to Disney, and they can help you kind of figure out um, what next steps might be for that. That's that's good to know too. Um... And Christina says one year for longer sailings like transatlantic. Christina, thank you for helping fill in the gaps. Like I said, Christina has done a lot of cruising with Disney Cruise Line. She's also my go-to for a lot of questions. Um, travel agent side is you, Kelly, for uh, kids a lot. It's often <laughs> Christina because uh, she's done it with her kids nice. a number of times. Yeah. Um, so I talked about the fact that you know, I get seasick um, and I, I do know I get seasick. It's not like I've never been on a, a boat. And I know that large ships are quite different than than small boats. And I've been on a little bit of both and I, I definitely get the difference because a ferry, car ferry, I'm going to feel it a little less than if I'm on a little sh fishing boat in the, you know, which did unfortunately happen one time, not by choice in, uh, at St in St. John, um, one of the, most nauseating 45 minutes of my life. Um, so for someone who, a couple of questions here. Um, but there, and there were some follow-up questions that came up in this category too. But let's start with, let's say you're the type of person who doesn't get seasick. And you mentioned that you bring things just in case. Um, what happens if you do get seasick in the middle, like you, you're not someone who ever gets seasick. My, this happened to my cousin too. He went on a cruise. Um, it wasn't a Disney cruise, but he went on a cruise. He never gets like he he'll do mission space. It doesn't like nothing bothers him. Um, and I mean, orange, like mission space, orange star tours, you name it. He does it. He got seasick one day. So it, it can happen. Um, so if you do get seasick, um, what can you do? Any advice you mentioned the, the sort of um, the medics on board, but um, anything else you can bring up that will help somebody prepare for that or, you know, overcome that if it does happen. Yeah. So if you're not able to get down to the health center, you know, sometimes it kind of just comes on and you're like, I can go down to the health center, grab some Dramamine from them and maybe just hang out my room and that will help. Um, you can always call down there as well and they'll be able to send somebody out for you. Um, there's, you know, one of like the tricks that people say, and they say this is kind of why kids don't get um, seasick as much, is you need to look out to the horizon. So you need to basically see where the, the sky is meeting the water there. Um, and that should help you to kind of reset because it's you're resetting your, equilibri your equilibrium. Um, but another thing that Disney does too that's really nice is on all of their menus for their main dining locations, they're going to have a lighter side area and that's going to be very basic meals. So, you know, you might get on and you might feel a little seasick. And a lot of times at dinner is when you'll start to feel the boat moving because that's when the, you're leaving from the dock um, or from the port from the port that you were at so you might say i don't know if i can do this steak right now um but there'll be things like you know just chicken with some vegetables and mashed potatoes um so they'll always have things like that but the other thing i would say is just make sure that you're always drinking a lot of liquids too um and it should be like water don't be drinking you know a lot of beer um because that's going to uh definitely help you to make sure you're keeping that you know steady um footing when you're there um and just 
you really should be packing things, even if you don't think that you're going to get seasick, because you never know when it's going to hit you. Um, and you just want to be prepared for things. And it's, you know, just kind of have your survival kit together. Yeah. And I will say it's not hopeless. If you are someone who gets seasick routinely, I have family members who will not go on a ship, will not go on a boat, definitely don't ride roller coasters, nothing like that. And they'll talk to their doctor ahead of time and generally get a scopamine patch or some medication to prevent seasickness before it even happens. And they're sometimes the ones who are feeling the best when the ship is a little rocky and everyone else is in their stateroom laying down and trying to just, you know, sleep it off. Um, that obviously there's reasons why I haven't done that. Um, but it, it is an option if you are wanting to try a cruise. And I do know that it's been something that people have found a lot of success with. Um, so there are certainly things you can, can look into and Pete Perella did ask, and I kind of already know the answer to this again, answer to this question, but, um, does the size of the ship impact this? And the answer is yes, generally, but, Disney cruise ships, they're all large. If you compare them, if you're looking at comparing it to, again, like a, a sailing boat, of course, Disney cruise lines are going to be larger. But I think the real question here is the Disney cruises are different sizes in the large space of, you know, we're talking about a ship. These are all large, um, but they have some are larger than others, which is the largest one. Um, so are you going to feel it less on the wish than you will on the magic or are they both a very similar size? So it doesn't really matter one way or the other. Yeah. You're definitely going to feel it a lot more on the magic than you would on the wish um, because of size, of course, but then also just the fact that technology has changed a lot since 1998 uh, when the, the magic came out. So this uh, stabilizers that they have in the wish are really incredible. Um, it's just, you go on the wish and you hardly feel that movement um, for someone who doesn't have motion sickness. So I don't mean yeah. that as, you know, I, I'm not suggesting that you should, Matt. <laughs> um, no, I know. In comparison, I've, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in comparison to what you feel on the magic, where you really can feel that movement sometimes, um, those stabilizers are just incredible. So I'd say if you are someone who kind of, you want to try it, but you are a little nervous about it, do a three night out of Port Canaveral on the wish. So, you know, you're at, you know, the, the, the most recent technology for those stabilizers. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be the test, uh, for anyone who's curious. Uh, and I, again, throwback to my episode with Theron skis. It's exactly what he mentioned as well, that the, the wish was made with the most advanced stabilizers, and I'm sure they're going to get even better as time goes on. And maybe one day they will reach a point with cruise ships where short of a hurricane, you will not feel anything. Um, and then sure, I will step aboard that ship if they can guarantee <laughs> that for me. Bring some boning with me just in case. That's my usual motion sickness pill of choice, um, having tried a, a few things. Um, other than people who get seasick, other than people who are too young or talked about expectant mothers um, being sort of in late pregnancy, which I, even if that wasn't a rule, I probably wouldn't just you don't want to be in the middle of the ocean and something happened late in the pregnancy. Um, other than those cases, is there anyone who might not be a good fit for a Disney cruise? Doesn't have to be I a think, yes. You, know, you have to, 
<laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to think about, I, I don't want to say no, because there's probably people that it wouldn't be good for. I can't think of off the top of my head right now. Um, but people that I would say you might need to look for special accommodations, if there's any mobility issues, um, anything like that, just those are all things to make sure that Disney's aware of before you get on the ship. Um, if you have, uh, you know, there's certain um, equipment that needs purified water, things like that. Um, that's stuff that Disney can provide for you, um, but you just need to make sure that you're uh, notating that on that reservation um, once you do make your reservation in the in the app there, um, so that they're aware of that. And you know, again, working through a travel advisor with that is something that I definitely recommend, just because we've worked through those experiences, so we kind of know what the steps are that we need to take in order to get those things set up. Um, so I wouldn't say there's no one that it might you know not be good for, but um, there just might be certain things, certain extra steps that you may need to take to make sure that it's the best experience for you. Yeah. And mobility questions did come up. So thank you for addressing that as well. I'm going to just ask a couple more questions and then see, there were some questions sent in from listeners that were kind of quick that I want to get to, and then any others that those watching might want to ask. So a couple of wrap up ones, incentivizing people to take more Disney cruises. You've been talking a little bit about um, the castaway uh, membership level and all different types of perks. I know that the more you sail, the more Disney rewards you. So can you talk a little bit about that system? It's quite different. I wish Walt Disney World had that. I would be at the highest level. But what um what membership or what uh, incentives do they offer for people to continue to sail with Disney Cruise Line? So there'll be different levels depending on how many cruises you take. Um, so you'll start off once you've taken, you know, your first cruise. Once you get on that second cruise, you are now officially a member of the Castaway Club. So welcome to the club. It's a great place to be. Um, we have our own special lines when we uh, go to get to check in. So silver and gold will have a special line. Um, platinum and now pearl has been added as the top level. Um, so you'll have a special line that you're able to go into. Um, there'll be gifts that you have when you get into your cruise, um, into your stateroom. Um, but I think that one of the biggest perks is that when uh, new um, itineraries are released, Castaway Club members are able to get a bit of a leg up in terms of booking that. So um, they'll have additional days uh, ahead of the general public where they'll be able to make those reservations. So if you have a concierge level room that you really want to get, or there's a very specific itinerary, like, you know, when we have our inaugural sailings of the treasure, um, you're getting that opportunity to kind of get in there um, before other people. You get um, additional days to book your excursions, your onboard activities, um, to uh, do your online check-in. So where that kind of becomes nice to have is if you don't want to, you know, you need a specific time for port arrival, you're likely able to get that if you're a platinum Pearl member. Um, so there's a lot of different benefits that come with that. And Disney did just put in place where you need to have sales within the last five years to kind of keep that status. Um, so that's just something to be aware of if you're thinking, well, I sailed when I was 10, so I have that um, castaway status. Be sure that that actually is still in place if you haven't sailed within that time frame. Good to know. And it's good to see that Disney offers this. It's because I know that there are people in those upper tiers um, who love to continue to sail with Disney and this just keeps them coming back as another incentive to do so. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to save my last question 
for later. For now, I do want to see if there are any other sort of final questions as people are typing them on Instagram Live. One great question that came up was about a family of four. You think about the traditional cruise ships have very small rooms and Disney cruise ships have slightly larger staterooms than the average stateroom. They're not going to be, it's not going to be as the, the same as stepping into a hotel room at Disney's Polynesian Resort. Um, even it's going to be, I know, you know, not even the same as like Disney's Value Resort or Disney's All-Star Resort, but can a family of four sleep in one room? Um, and I'm talking about standard rooms, not the the upper concierge level rooms. What is the bed situation like in most state rooms? Absolutely. So um, the state rooms, you will see, like you said, Matt, they are going to need to be a little bit larger than a traditional cruise state room that you'll see. Um, one of the other pieces that will really stand out if you have sailed on other ships is the bathroom situation on Disney ships. Um, there's certain state rooms that are going to have basically a breakaway. So you'll have your um, toilet is going to be in one room and then there's going to be a separate area for your um, shower, which may seem like a very little thing, but it's, it gives you more room and when you have four people that are staying in a state room that's so nice to have two different areas to kind of get ready and things like that um the setup for the, if you have four people in a state room is going to be you'll have a queen bed um so you'll have two people there and then there'll be a um couch that's going to pull down which will be like a, a twin size couch and then there's um a pull down that basically comes from uh up uh, in the ceiling so it's an upper berth um pull down that will come down so you'll have that as well there are other state rooms that will accommodate up to five guests um and those will be in your standard rooms um but then or well they'll be in your family size rooms i should say your standard rooms will be the three to four and then your um your uh family size rooms will allow you to have up to five um, if you have six guests there, you kind of have different ways that you can do that. So you could do adjoining rooms, which this is where it comes in that it's really nice that you can select your rooms that you'd like, um, because you can say, I want to be on deck seven and I want these two rooms. I can see from the map that they're adjoining. So I know that I have this and now I have room for eight people to be in these two rooms. Um, but there are some concierge level rooms uh, that will accommodate a six to eight guests. Um, they're few and far between. I'll say they're not on every ship, um, but it's something to talk about with your travel advisor or with Disney Cruise Line if you do have that number of people to see which is going to be the best option for you financially. Yeah, great advice. And uh, it's I, I had seen photos and videos of the rooms and everything, and it did look to be, again, spacious enough that a family of four could enjoy um, or, you know, be able to comfortably sleep in those rooms. And certainly larger families probably want to go for something with a veranda or a, a larger state room just to get yourself even extra space if you um, if you can do that. Last question. Uh, we've, I mean, this is probably the longest Instagram live I've done. Um, and those listening, you already know this is a two-part podcast episode, which I had intended or thought would be appropriate just because there is so much to discuss and so much to absorb in one episode. This is just way too much to wrap your head around. So part one being the planning process, part two being the experience on the ship. What is the first step for someone who is now convinced that they should sail with Disney? I mean, the obvious answer is to contact you, but um, you know, what are some of the things that they should prepare for in that conversation or start thinking about in booking a first Disney cruise? 
Yeah. So I would, you know, I think I said it at the top of our um, episode here, go on to the Disney Cruise Line website and just start playing around, seeing what's out there in terms of itineraries, dates, things like that. Um, make sure that your passport is, you know, where it needs to be, that you have everything set there because you'll need to have that in order to book anything. Um, but really just go in and start to learn a little bit more about it. There's a lot of great resources out there. Um, you know, I think hopefully this will be a great resource for people this episode, but um, be sure that you're following, you know, travel advisors like myself, that we're posting information that can be helpful as you're starting to plan. Um, there's information that I I have available about what's the timeline for planning. So when should you start looking at your cruise? What's the next step? Kind of what's your checklist for planning a cruise line vacation? Um, but like I said, first step is to figure out what you know ship you want to do, what itinerary it is, and kind of just narrow down that information to make sure you have that passport set up. Great. And where could people go to find you? So we are at kmvtravel.com, our website. You can go there if you have, um, you'd like to fill out a request to speak with one of us, you can do that there. Um, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Kelly's Magical Vacations. Um, you can always DM me there with questions too, or if you, you know, you're not sure, you just aren't sure if this is going to be the right trip for you or not. DM me, we can set up a time to speak, or we can just talk like that. Um, and I'm also on Facebook at KMV Travel. Fantastic. Well, Kelly, thank you for spending so much time. Again, I asked the questions. I didn't provide a lot of the answers because I'm the novice here. You certainly have proved yourself as the expert. I will give a special shout out to Christina too. Thank you for <laughs> helping to yes. address. You were like our honorary host here addressing comments as people were typing them in and we were able, not able to keep up with everybody. So uh, thanks to you, Christina, as well. But uh, Kelly, thanks for joining me. And I hope all of you watching Instagram Live enjoyed this. Hope those of you listening to the podcast got a lot of great information out of it as well. But I uh, hope to see all of you on a Disney cruise sometime soon. I'll be waving from land most likely, but I hope to see all of you on a Disney cruise line soon. And uh, I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Welcome back to Imagination Central. As you disembark, please remember to remain fully seated until the podcast comes to a complete stop, then gather your belongings and watch your head and step as you exit. After you exit the episode, I encourage you to engage with the show by following Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media app. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with anyone who might enjoy our discussion today. And better yet, leave us a rating or review in your favorite podcast app, which goes a long way to help the show. And if you're listening on Spotify, or if you're already following us on social media, be sure to answer our question associated with this episode, a little bit different than part one, it's for you to tell me your dream Disney Cruise Line itinerary. Whether this will be your first cruise or you've sailed with Disney dozens of times, let me know a cruise itinerary at the top of your must-do list. Plus, if you are interested in sailing with Disney Cruise Line and you don't know where to start or you want to make your experience even more amazing or just want more information, definitely head to KMV Travel and Kelly's team by visiting kmvtravel.com skyway. 
or reaching out to Kelly directly on Instagram at Kelly's Magical Vacations and just let her know that Matt sent you. In addition, be sure to explore Imagination Skyway on the Patreon app or at patreon.com where you can enjoy bonus podcast episodes, on-demand scenic audio recorded at the parks, and even more content to enjoy, as well as a private community of listeners where we host weekly watch parties, small group video calls, and lots more fun. Last, but certainly not least, remember that achieving your dreams all begins with some self-belief, a plan of action, and perhaps a bit of inspiration. It's all possible if you're willing to put in the time, the energy, and the work to make your dreams come to life. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway, and remember, if we can dream it, we can do it. Vacation and spending time with family is very important because we both work full-time and our son has been in school and daycare full-time since he was a baby. So when we come on vacations with Disney Cruise Line, spending time together and being able to have those special moments where we watch him interact with the characters or interact with the crew members. Um, we see how much he enjoys going into the youth activity spaces while we're able to go off and enjoy the adult-only areas. And it's just so nice to get some of that time with just the two of us because we don't typically have that outside of vacationing. You know, Jordan loves the ice cream and chicken nuggets. Sydney loves the Disney shows. Wendy and I enjoy the dining experiences and the meals and the moments that we can steal away together. What's so great about a Disney cruise is that no matter what the age of your family members or who you're bringing along, there's something for everybody. I love it. Disney Cruise Line is cruising for everybody. There are wonderful experiences whether you're traveling with children. If you're single, again, we definitely enjoyed <laughs> um, Cruise Line before we had children going to the adult areas, the wonderful activities, going to Serenity Bay here on Castaway Key is absolutely amazing. And then when you have your family, they have the kids clubs, which is fantastic. So we have the opportunity to really enjoy everything as a family. One of my favorite things about a Disney cruise is just the interactions with the, the service team. We saw a server of ours that we remember from 14 years ago, the first cruise that we all took as a family. Jordan was four, Sydney was six. We sure remembered him because he made that much of an impact on our family. We were so excited to see him. My favorite thing to do on Disney Cruise is definitely the aqueduct. It's this giant roller coaster water slide, and it's so amazing. Me and my dad rode it so many times, <laughs> and it really feels like you're going on a roller coaster. One of my favorite parts is to see the characters in the island. We are a big Disney family, and just seeing the, the characters in their beach attire, that's something that you cannot see anywhere. They look so cute, I, I love that. We get to come together at the end of the day. There's so much fun that we have and there's uh, memories that we're making that will last my lifetime for sure.